0: Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. There are two perspectives to think about here. Firstly, what do you think of your students? And secondly, what do your students think about you? This introduces a couple of interesting questions. Firstly, how can we change an initial negative opinion? And secondly, what measures can we take to reduce the biases resulting from these opinions? Our brains are faster at processing opinions that we agree with. So if a student has already done well in a class, then we're expecting them to do well on a test. And as such, we will unconsciously be less likely to be critical of their answers when there is doubt. Similarly, if you like to drink wine, you're more likely to remember the occasional studies which find the benefit from alcohol than the research on its risks. But to show just how fickle our minds can be, A study on Ontario's 2015 ban on smoking in parks and restaurant patios found that people didn't only change their opinions after the ban, they changed what they remembered about their own behaviour. Before, smokers told the research team that they did about 15% of their smoking in these public places, but afterwards, they estimated only about 8% of their smoking had taken place in these areas. They had adjusted their own memories, altering their judgments to convince themselves the ban's effect wasn't so bad after all. As researcher Kirsten Lauren puts it, we have a kind of psychological immune system to protect any changes we're forced to make that may have once disagreed with our opinions. While we know that it's possible to change our minds about a student or a situation, we must recognize that there will be two things that will hinder this. One, it will take conscious effort, something that our brains don't like to engage in all that often. And two, what sort of justifications will we come up with that are either not true or detrimental in the long run? Conscious effort is required as we need to identify any biases we have as they occur. For example, appearance and affinity biases are the tendency to favour someone whose appearance is most like our own or, alternatively, classically attractive. Accent is an implicit bias that exists when a person's accent negatively affects your perception of them. Illusory superiority is yet another tendency to overestimate your intelligence compared to another often resulting in an altered use of language that can diminish the other person's worth. These are just a few of the hundreds of cognitive biases that humans are afflicted with. Overcoming them in a teaching context is achieved only through intense awareness and reflection. This conscious effort may be called upon even after first impressions are created. Thus, it requires vigilance and self-honesty. Justifications are the natural tendency for our minds to seek out equilibrium. If we feel bad about feeling, thinking, or saying something, our tendency is to seek out justifications to explain our behavior rather than simply admit that it could be an incorrect assumption that led us to this behavior. Just like the effort required to overcome biases, identifying when we are using justification strategies to explain away an action or thought requires awareness and vigilance. We're not perfect. In fact, the human mind is anything but and you will, at some point, be susceptible to biases and justifications. The goal here is to identify them early and navigate your way back to a more centric view of your students. The second dimension of first impressions is what your students think about you, and I have to say that continually worrying about how you are perceived by others is not a healthy position to be in. So with that in mind, our goal here is to make a good impression, based on some simple and well-known tips, rather than try to impress everybody all the time. The most effective way of making a good first impression is to dress appropriately, smile, speak with clarity and authority, and express your empathy towards your students. As the lesson progresses, your knowledge of the subject and teaching skills also affect the ongoing rapport with your class. But remember, if the first impression is positive, then students will be more inclined to keep a positive view than to have to challenge that opinion with examples of negative behavior. A small caveat here though. You can, of course, completely blow your integrity with one word or one action. So don't take your positive influence for granted. Rather, use your time in front of your students to continue to build rapport and demonstrate your professionalism and knowledge. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget, you can always email me at dan at spectraining.edu.au with any comments, questions or ideas for future podcasts. Have a great day.